Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is March 16th, 2020. It is Monday, and this is the Goddess Morning Show, and I am your host, Shannon. Thank you for joining us. We're starting out talking about Jenna Aiko's new album, Uses Crystal Sound Healing to Open Up Your Chakras. Cholombo experiments with the ancient wellness practice. Over the weekend, Jenny Aiko released her third album, Cholombo, an atmospheric, sensual record documenting the dissolution of a relationship. For the album, Aiko embraced the practice of sound healing, incorporating the vibrational hum of crystal alchemy sound bowls, also known as singing bowls, into every track. Sound bowls are commonly used in healing and meditation to promote chakra balancing and stress reduction. When struck, the bowl will release a vibrational hum that resonates throughout the body and opens up different chakras, which correspond to different notes. This album is an introduction to sound bowls for people who don't really know about them, Iko told Billboard. This is me introducing my newfound love. According to Aiko, the crystal alchemy sound bowls she used were made from gemstones such as rubies and diamonds and infused with materials including platinum. All of these different elements and properties contribute to their healing factors, she explains. The album's sixth track, P, um, P Star <laughs> Money Sign Y Fairy, for example, is in the D key, so Echo played a bowl in the note of D. D corresponds with your second chakra, the sacral chakra, which governs your sexual organs below your navel and your hips, she says. Even though the song is fun and sexy, there's an actual healing instrument in there to help you balance out those areas. This is not the first time Echo has explored the use of sound bowls in her music. Last year, she released a six-minute meditation track called trigger protection mantra in which she played singing bowls in the key of a which is the third eye e the solar plexus and c the root chakra all right and then our next article says u.s coronavirus update surge in demand for traditional herbal remedies new york city acupuncturist and herbalist clayton shu claim there is a surge in demand for traditional Chinese remedies since the beginning of this month when New York announced its first case of COVID-19. It was like a light switch was flipped. The Hill quoted Xu, who referred to the jump in demand for herbs and other holistic remedies. 
Reuters reported that the Chinese government jump-started emergency research programs to mitigate the massive outbreak in Wuhan that included Chinese traditional medicines. One of the suppliers, Kamwo Meridian Herbs, noticed a twofold increase in herb formulas that aim at treating flu-like symptoms and boost immunity. Xu mentioned that experts have been sharing thoughts on Chinese traditional medicine formulas that can help prevent and treat COVID-19. Not only are these medicines on demand, but they are also quite pricey. Last year, the World Health Organization formally recognized traditional medical therapies, including herbal supplementation medicine and acupuncture, more mainstream. These practices are more than 2,500 years old. Per a WHO bulletin, traditional medicine throughout the world, including Chinese practices, generates about $60 million a year, mentioned Medscape Medical News. Supply woes by other traditional medicine vendors. Vendors have told us you can't order more than 50% of what you normally do. You have to ration for flu herbs. U.S. News quoted Thomas Lung, chief executive of Camwell. I'm not freaking out about it, but we are keeping an eye on it. All right, so our next article says London's trees are saving the city billions. And this was written by Fergus O'Sullivan on March 9th of 2020. It says shady trees mean less air conditioning and increased worker productivity in summer months. London's leafy streets and gardens have long been prized for their beauty and more recently their ability to counteract carbon emissions and improve air quality. But the value of urban trees can also be measured with money. A new report from Britain's Office of National Statistics estimates tree cover saved the capital more than £5 billion, and that's $6.56 billion, from 2014 to 2018 through air cooling alone. Additionally, by keeping summer temperatures bearable for workers, trees prevented productivity losses for almost £11 billion. The estimates underline just how vital the role the trees play in making cities comfortable and functional in warming world, particularly in London. An unusually long, hot summer in 2018 pushed cost savings estimates to their highest level to date. Part of the study's purpose is to promote planting trees and maintaining green spaces, according to Hazel Trenberth, a member of the ONS Natural Capital Team, which looks at cost savings of greenery across the UK. Britain's trees have a value that goes far beyond what you can get from chopping them down, she said. Protecting existing urban trees can be more beneficial than planting new ones. The findings of the ONS echo a 2015 report, partly funded by the London Mayor's Office, which found that the city's 8.4 million trees removed an estimated 2,240 tons of pollutants, mostly ozone, from London's atmosphere annually, a process that would otherwise have cost £126 million. They sequestered carbon up to a value of £4.79 million and saved the city £2.8 million by alleviating storm water runoff. That economic benefit may remind authorities and businesses that a workplace surrounded by trees located in a well-planted city ultimately helps look after their bottom line. Still, not all trees are equal when it comes to cooling and carbon capture. The answer isn't as simple as just planting more trees to replace older ones. Often when a heritage tree is threatened with removal, you hear, we're going to plant 
10 trees to replace it, says Phil Wilkes of University College London, author of a study mapping the carbon absorption of London's trees. But younger, smaller trees don't absorb anything like the same amount of carbon. And five or 10 years down the line, they're far easier to get rid of if someone wants the land for something else. The most obvious benefit of older trees is less measurable, natural beauty in urban areas. London's woodlands are storied places, some of them continually planted since the Middle Ages, while the city's residential neighborhoods are seamed with back gardens whose trees shelter birds and insects, altogether shading 21% of the city area with their canopy. Even if these trees delivered no economic benefit at all, many city dwellers have plenty of reason to keep them alive. All right, from growingupherbal.com, we have maca. Maca root is like a mini superfood blend. It is packed with protein, fatty acids, essential amino acids, fiber, vitamins, and minerals, such as zinc, magnesium, copper, potassium, calcium, and iron, and glucosinolates. Beyond its nutritional value, it's a true powerhouse when it comes to menopause because it helps to balance estrogen and improve female sexual health while also supporting adrenal health. It's also full of antioxidants that may fight against heart disease. While maca has the ability to support natural hormone regulation and the entire endocrine system, it's not a hormonal plant that directly increases or decreases hormonal levels in the body but instead an adaptogen. In fact, clinical trials have shown that high doses of maca improve sperm motility and quality and enhance libido, as well as reduce antidepressant-induced sexual dysfunction post-menopause. Maca has been traditionally has been used traditionally as a food for over 2,000 years, and there are no known side effects other than the gastrointestinal sensitivity experienced by some when using raw maca. If digestive upset occurs, you can opt for gelatinized maca, which is heated to remove plant starches. Just know that the heating process may also destroy beneficial enzymes and other beneficial nutrients. While maca hasn't been shown to directly affect hormone levels in the body, Caution should be used in cases of hormone-sensitive cancers until further research can clarify its hormonal effects, if any. It's best to use maca in dried powdered form and eaten in food-like recipes. However, it can be taken in capsule or tablet form or in low-alcohol tinctures. Herbalist Bridget Mars says 5 to 20 grams of maca powder can be used in a day. All right, on March 12th of 2020, we have an article by J.J. Ainsworth from ancientorigins.net. Spain's Lady of Elche reveals new links with Indian goddess. Many of us have heard of the famous Lady of Elche and are intrigued with her mystifying appearance and the strange enigmas surrounding her origins. In reality, not a whole lot is known about the bust of this grand lady. However, some things we know are that she was found in 1897 on a private estate, which is now an archaeological site called La Alucidia, and this site is located a few miles south of Elche, Spain. 
the artifact is thought to be Punic Iberian and is delicately carved out of limestone. It may have once been a full-bodied sculpture and is possibly dated to the 4th century BC. Some speculate that she is an embodiment of the ancient Carthaginian deity known as Tanit. Carthage itself was founded by the Phoenicians in approximately 814 BC. Tanit was a Phoenician and Punic goddess. She and her consort, Baal Haman, were the most important deities in Carthage. It seems that Tanit was known as a virginal goddess, a heavenly goddess of war, and to a lesser extent, she was also worshipped as a deity of fertility, as most female forms tend to be. Unfortunately, there is some disheartening evidence from the research of ancient Tophets located in ancient Carthage, which shows that sacrifices may have been practiced as ritualistic offering to both Tanit and her escort. The research on the topic of what type of sacrifices were offered to the deity is highly controversial, and it is not factually possible to say for certain what kind of sacrifices took place. While traveling to Paris, France, a few days back, I visited the Louvre, Louvre Museum for the third time, which houses some fantastic artifacts, and although it was my third trip, I was still not able to see all the objects as the museum is huge. I also was advised to visit the Guimet National Museum of Asian Arts in order to peruse all the magnificent and majestic artifacts with the promise that the museum would not disappoint, and it did not. I saw some amazing and unexpected pieces. As I happily scanned the museum, I saw so many items that were impressive, but in particular, my eyes were drawn to an enchanting object from the Chandra Katurga archaeological site in West Bengal, India. More specifically, that site is located about 50 kilometers northeast of, Kolkata, of Calcutta, that site that the artifact arose from is very interesting and was called Ganderidge by Greco-Roman authors and is dated to possibly as far back as the 4th or 5th century BC, though most likely the site is even older. The Greek writer and geographer Ptolemy mentioned the site in his book Geographica circa 150 AD and other famous writers of the, po of the past also penned information about Chandra Katuga, including Plutarch and Diodorus. In fact, Diodorus wrote that no foreign force had ever conquered Ganderidge because of its strong elephant regime. He even described how Alexander the Great hastily fled battle after hearing of the 4,000 strong elephant army he would have to face. The item in the museum display case, which had captured my attention so thoroughly, was a small terracotta plaque, and though, though small, it gave a very big first impression. It was a beautiful piece, having the usual light orangey fire earth color, but the design was quite the opposite. It was of a very unusual style, yet it was still easily recognizable as having been produced in the ancient Indian way which often depicts voluptuous and curvy women wearing intricate clothing and jewelry designs. As I researched the Chandra Katugra artifact even more thoroughly, I discovered that the piece was not an anomaly, but 
is one of many as ladies with weapons as hairpins, Indian goddesses, and also described as ladies with auspicious hairpins by Bijan Mandal, UGC Senior Research Fellow, Department of Archaeology at the University of Calcutta. After examining the Chandra Katugar artifact in detail, I noted how very closely it resembled the engaging bust of the Lady Elche. Both artifacts have wheels on the side of their heads, sport-spiked headbands, and display beautiful jewelry hanging from the ear regions. As you see, the pair are also wearing beautiful necklaces. The fact that both artifacts seem to have so much in common would be quite baffling unless they were portraying the same type of goddess figure, which I firmly believe to be the case in this instance. Since the unusual bicornet headgear contains weapons, it effectively cements the view that the deity is portrayed as one that could invoke tremendous power if she so wished. This was no pushover Indian goddess, but one of war, one that might have even given Alexander the Great a run for his money. Too much to be a coincidence. We may speculate that these two feminine deities, skillfully depicted at La Alicidia site in Spain and the Chandra Katugar site in India, must have some specific ancient relationship to one another, as the complex set of symbols and designs shows, shown on both artifacts statistically could not be simple coincidence. If we look even closer at the detail of the Chanda Katugar lady, we will note some unusual but distinct markings that help us further conjecture that she is indeed related to the ancient deity Tanit. On the forehead of the artifact is a clear-cut indication of an intended stylized crescent moon, which is a symbol associated with Tanit. If the Lady of Elche is a depiction of Tanit, which evidence indicates, then we know that the Lady of Elche would also have had a visage linked to war and violence. Most likely she would have been relegated some sort of sacrificial offerings as well. Also, the lady would have been related to fertility and regeneration of life, just as Tanit was. With that information, we can propose another link between the Lady of Elche and the Lady of Lady with Weapons as Hairpins, as they both not only wear the exact same headgear, but both are deities of war, weaponry, and brutality. Thus, they are deities related to death in some form or another. Last but not least, they are both connected to fertility, just like Tanit is. The fertility aspect is easy to spot on the Chandra Katugra artifact and is prominently displayed by the beautiful blooming flower designs attached to the headwear. We mustn't forget that after the fire, new maps are drawn. When all the demise and destruction subsides, no doubt the fire fertile femme fatales will then begin the regeneration, rejuvenation, and renewal cycles anew, just as they always have. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. I hope that everything in your life is blessed and that all of your family and friends are also safe and healthy. And if you would like to email any comments, tips, or suggestions to the podcast, you can send those to from ashes we rise to at gmail.com or visit our website from asheswerise2.com. Blessings to everyone. Namaste.
This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by From Ashes We Rise To.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom blended, organic, non GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.